Welcome to another episode of the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jason Meeker. I'm the host of the podcast. I'm also executive producer of Successful Farming TV on RFD TV, Thursday nights and Sunday nights. Check your local listings. I want to thank everybody for listening. We have been on a bit of an extended hiatus, and I appreciate your patience as we come out with some of these new episodes. If you follow me on Twitter or uh, Successful Farming on Twitter... You may have seen some of the live harvest videos we've been producing with Mike McGinnis. And obviously, harvest has already begun in a lot of places. And by the time this episode is posted, it'll probably have begun in even more places. So that makes today's topic even more timely. Today, I'm going to talk to Carolyn Sheridan. She is clinical director for the AgriSafe Network. And she's going to share some great information about health and safety issues to keep in mind this harvest season. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Jason Meeker, and be sure to follow Successful Farming's Twitter account, at Successful Farm. Welcome back to the Successful Farming Podcast. I am here in Ames, Iowa, on location at the Iowa State 450 Ag Farm with Carolyn Sheridan. She's clinical director of the AgriSafe Network. Welcome, Carolyn. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Hey, it's a, it's a fantastic fall day, isn't it? Yes, it's a beautiful day out. Yes. Um, it's nice to be on, on the farm, it on location. Is. Yeah. It is. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell sure. us a little bit about your background. Did you grow up on a farm? How did you get involved with the AgriSafe Network? Those kinds of things. Sure, you bet. I definitely grew up on a farm. I grew up on a dairy farm in northwest Iowa, and I vowed that I was never living on a farm. You know, dairy <laughs> farming, yeah. So in a way, and actually came to Iowa State and, and spent a year here and then decided I better figure out what I was going to do and went back to uh, my local community and became a nurse okay. and also worked at a um, local hospital for a number of years, gosh, 20 plus, almost 30 years in a number of capacities. Um, but I also live on a farm now. My husband and I grain farm and we have cattle right now, no cattle, but definitely okay. have always farmed. And I like to say everybody I know and love farms. And so um, in in 1990, there was an opportunity to learn more about agricultural health and safety at the University of Iowa. Mm -hmm. And they were also moving forward with an initiative to have agricultural clinics in rural communities. So I was very fortunate to start one of the first AgriSafe clinics in Spencer, Iowa in 1990. And that program was in existence till 2014. And I've also worked with AgriSafe Network, which is an international organization um, okay. on, you know, for many years, probably since before 2003. Wow. So not just not just Iowa it's it's international it, it's definitely international and the program we're here at Iowa State for the invest in your health program with college students is the one that really um, takes us um, all over um, the US and also programming in Canada great and you've you you've been sharing the AgriSafe Network's message with Successful Farming for se several years now. Several years, right? I've been Two, fortunate. Yeah. yeah no, we, well, we've done some video casts mm -hmm. together yep. and also with Cheryl Tevis yep. um, and, and many, many different articles. And, and I love being able to get on Successful Farming Ag Online, yeah. type in Carolyn Sheridan and, and get to see a few <laughs> yeah. things pop up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun working with you and, and getting the, the – health and safety message out there to farmers to help kind of keep them safe and healthy. Right. And to get it from lots of venues is very important. Mm -hmm. So having successful farming also push that same message is, is critical. Okay. So we're right at the beginning of harvest season here yes. in, in central Iowa. Um, what are some of the health and safety risks, uh, issues that farmers kind of 
need to be aware of. I mean, right. health and safety is always a big deal, but in harvest time, there's some additional... Lots of stuff going on, isn't there, Jason? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we're really pushing a message on total farmer health right now. We, we Sometimes we drill down into very specific topics, which I'm sure we'll do today, but we also want to remind people that that you know as a as a farmer you have total health as well we want you to be looking after the normal things like blood pressure cholesterol and thinking of your stress levels and and also thinking of your fitness because it all leads to being healthier so you can be safer in on the farm Um, so total worker health is is a concept that's been out there for quite a while and we're fortunate enough to have um be an affiliate of that that national program and ours is called total farmer health so we're a recognized affiliate of total worker health and ours is called total farmer health so we're really proud of that and excited and particularly in the fall because it's a really good time to talk about our health it's hard it's hard to think about our health right now but we're going to so um obviously extended work hours trying to get get stuff done ahead of weather ahead of um, sunset, right, everything. Uh, everything, and then uh, breakdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of the things play into this, and so we certainly um, recognize that it's a hard time of year to think about health and safety. And I think people are very good. We're preparing now. We're getting those combines ready. We're getting our wagons all mm-hmm. ready, and we're thinking about which field we're going to start in. But also in the back of our mind is we have a short window here, and so we also uh, want to surround ourselves with good people. You know, who's who's your person that's making sure you get some sleep? Who's your person that's making sure you get good food and many of us farm alone now we know mm-hmm. that and so if I'm going off to my job in, in, in town and, my, and I know my husband or my son or somebody's working by themselves how can I prepare them to have a safer day and when am I checking on them what field are they in I think we're looking at a whole scope of things in the fall that we need to be aware of um, so you know keeping total farmer health in mind but also keeping each little individual thing that we have to think about let's let's keep ahead of the game for today let's keep ahead of the game for the next two hours because sometimes the magnitude of what we have to accomplish Mm -hmm. is overwhelming so you bring up a good point talking about how we need to be prepared get the getting the machinery ready getting getting our everything lined up to be ready to go so that when it's time we can go how how are some of the health and safety things similar to that certainly Certainly. Um, well, of course, um, we can't deny that, that um, stress is happening to us right now. So I know we have, all have our own individual ways to not only recognize we're stressed, but how do we deal with the stress? For some people, it might be there's just a huge lack of sleep right now. And so what is it that we know happens to us when we, when we aren't sleeping as much as we should? Perhaps our reaction time is less. Uh, protection, we're not eating as well. Um, we're not as, as in tune to what's happening around us. And we may be a little short-tempered with those that work with us. Mm-hmm. So thinking of all of the people that work around us. So, so in thinking about the health, we, of course, are thinking about good nutrition, um, trying to get some good amount of sleep, keep your fluid levels up. My gosh, get out of that combine or tractor and walk around a little bit. You know, we do spend hours and hours. And, and I do know guys that um, actually limit fluid intake so they don't have to get out and go to the bathroom right. well yeah, that's, that's a reality guys you've you got to go yeah. that's, that's that's important we want to make sure you're main, really maintaining your hydration which mm-hmm. with helps with a lot of things and i believe the safety things are 
are very important. And, you know, we know that we're keeping our equipment in tune. We're making sure that if we have a breakdown, we're getting it fixed. But also, what are all the moving parts? And what about the noise? And what about the sun? And who's those little guys running around helping yeah, us surf? Yeah. We got grandkids or, or young children. Where are they at? Where are the safe play areas? Who do we have taking care of them? You know, because I, I know if I'm running the combine, it's hard for me to take care of other people, but sometimes that's what's happening. Okay. So another part of harvest season, and, and this can happen year-round, but is um, cleaning out the grain bins, grain sure. bin safety, um, making sure that we're, our, breathe, our lungs are, are safe and healthy. What, are, what, are, what do we yeah. need to keep in mind Sure. That well, aspect. And lung lung health is important all year round. But you know, when we get busy cleaning out bands and and a lot of time we're <clears throat> this time of year we're hauling to town or hauling somewhere, changing location of, of grain so that we can get ready for harvest. And you know, depending on the condition of the corn, if there's any mold, but even mm-hmm. if the condition of the corn is good, grain dust is really known for some organic properties and and that you know, respirable type of dust can really cause some long-term lung damage. I think we're used to knowing what that short window acute lung feels like when you've been in moldy grain. Mm-hmm. I kind of get fevers, chills, cough. I just don't feel well. That goes away. Well, this ongoing you know, exposure is over and over and over again also has some chronic long-term lung disease potential. So we want people to know, you know, there's some good respirators out there, those two-strap masks. Make mm-hmm. sure you at least have a two-strap and it's NIOSH approved. We can all buy one-strap masks. They're available. They're called house dust or nuisance dust respirators. Mm-hmm. And those aren't protecting us at all. So you know, get it, you know, ramp it up, got, you know, gals and guys. Yeah. And at least get a two-strap. And then be aware, if you're really doing a good job of protecting yourself and you have symptoms, you know, you're not protecting yourself at the level necessary. Okay. Maybe you need to go up to a canister, a cartridge-type mask with some filters. So symptoms are key. So if if you are using the NIOSH-approved two-strap mask mm-hmm. and, you, and you're having symptoms, is that just something that somebody might be predisposed to being sen- more sensitive? Or well, is that a problem with the mask? Well... Some people are definitely more sensitive. If you've had some exposures in the past, or maybe you've got kind of a chronic lung condition. But, you know, if we adequately protect ourselves and we're pretty symptom-free and then we get in these situations and we start to have a cough or, Mm -hmm. you know, nasal congestion or sinus problems, that's telling us that there's some leakage around that mask and we need to get up to a different level, different filters, a different mask that maybe just doesn't fit right. You know, we have women in ag, too, or men with smaller faces, and we're all grabbing the same thing. Well, make sure that fits you. Right. How how long are those masks um, good for? Uh, do they expire? Do they, like, if we've got a, a mask from last year or a couple of years ago, do we need to throw those out and get new <laughs> well, ones? Well, the, the two-strap particularly, they're called disposable for yeah. a reason. And, um, you know, if they're in a box and they're kept in, you know, a good plastic mm-hmm. bag, they're not dirty and dusty, they can last you a couple of years. Okay. Um, but if you're using them and it becomes difficult to breathe through, you know, people pretty self-select out of those. Yeah. They get hot, sweaty, they look crappy, I can't breathe through yeah. them. They get rid of those. Now, those canister or cartridge respirators, we need to make sure we're storing them correctly, mm-hmm. and don't be hanging them on your, you know, on your river mirror. Don't be throwing them in your back of your truck or even in your, you know, your machine shed. Okay. Keep them clean, dry. Wash them frequently. Assign somebody to wash them. Yeah, <laughs> right. be in charge of that. So, yeah. um, temperature and humidity tells us a lot. It tells us, you know, how how quickly that mask or those filters might might fill up, and and the 
the really good way is if you can taste or smell what you're protecting yourself against, it's time to change it okay. or it becomes difficult to breathe. Some have expiration dates. Pretty hard for people to keep on top of that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's helpful. That's get a good get a good system. Say I'm going to change these every week or okay. I'm going to change these every two weeks. I've, yeah. I've got a system. All right. Um, noise, hearing protection. Sure. What do we need to look out for? Uh, you know, the n- newer combine cabs are really good about minimizing the noise. So when you're in the cab, things are, are fine. But then when you're unloading or... You've got other you're, jobs you're yeah, doing, right? You're yeah, we're not just... Out, yeah. Unless you are the guy that just sits in the right. combine. And then what happens, we get kind of lulled into the idea that, oh, when I go out and I don't even have anything with me. So number one, find some hearing protection that you like, mm-hmm. that fits you well. Keep it where you use it. All right. If, if you're going to be in the combine most of the season, get some in the combine. If you're if you're the guy running with the truck, mm-hmm. get him in the truck. You know, help out the other guy out. Hey, you need some hearing protection. So we've got a couple kinds. We've got mm-hmm. hearing protection, which are the earplugs, mm-hmm. and we've got the muffs, of course. And we, we always look at the NRR rating, noise reduction okay. rating. That tells us that we're going to try to reduce that noise by a certain by a decibel level. And that number on there tells you approximately. So if I have ear plugs that are 35 that means if i'm exposed to something 100 i can subtract not 35 but 35 minus 7 because it's not a lab setting so it's not quite that true number but it's approximately the number so of course the higher the number the better but if you're not going to wear it it doesn't matter so that's why i'm back to this of saying you know it's something that's comfortable something that you know you'll wear find a few things that you like maybe double up and you're you know if you're out there with a grain auger maybe you need earplugs and earmuffs okay and also want people to know if they have ringing in their ears or people's speech sounds muffled that means you've been exposed to noise loud enough to cause permanent hearing damage so and and another quick little tip we like to tell people if your arms length away from somebody and you have to shout for them to hear you too loud okay so Know the noise levels, get a dosimeter on your phone, those apps, okay. find some good hearing protection, put it where you will use it. Okay. Yeah, I've, I hadn't thought of an app for, on your phone. That yeah, can, oh, definitely. There's yeah. Some, and they're free. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, uh, uh, if I remember, I'll put a link to, to some of those apps in the, uh, in the show notes. Right, so absolutely. That, and so. NIOSH has a couple of good ones, but there's lots of other ones, too, that people okay. can, can log on to and get on their phone. Great. Um, so we talked a little bit about, um, mental health and stress. Obviously Mm -hmm. it's, um, extreme conditions during harvest season, Mm -hmm. um, compared to other times of the year. I mean, planting season might be similar also, and we can maybe talk about that come springtime. Right. But, uh, um, what with, you know, grain prices kind of being low. and I, I think the word's not even kind of, Jason. Well, like, Grain yeah, prices are low. They are low, <laughs> yes. They've been, and they've been low for, yes, for a while. Good job us reminding people who are listening to us today yeah. that grain prices <laughs> right, are low. In case you hadn't heard. In case you hadn't heard. <laughs> um, yes. So that, that can wear on a person yes. mentally. And then you add the stress of... You know, some some folks maybe being in drought conditions around here, um, right. maybe the the crop's not as good as you are used to or as you'd hoped. Um, what are what are some of the things folks need to keep in mind to kind of help? Get right, through that? get through that. And I think you know everybody tries to find their own way. And you know, I I would like to encourage people to understand those around you. You know, we're generally families or groups doing. Mm-hmm 
harvest, right? Right. And so what, what things are we observing in somebody? Is somebody a little extra cranky or, you know, do they seem kind of off that day? Or maybe somebody's drinking more than they normally would or they're drinking while they're mm-hmm. harvesting. Um, you know, maybe you can tell that that um, they, they seem quite stressed. So we need to look out for each other, number one. You know, husband, wives, they, they're kind of in tune to each other. But a lot of times we're working with other people that we, we also know. Um, and then everybody, like I said, can, you know, finds their own way. But we also need to recognize when somebody needs some help. Mm-hmm. You know, when is it that we need to ask some serious questions? Are you, are you really okay, Jason? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it doesn't, you don't, you don't seem right today. It's, it's been a kind of a tough week. Do we, do we need a break? Can we go have lunch for a minute? Do we need to sit down and talk about a couple things? Okay. Um, so I think that there's also some great quick um, question. You know, you can do like a two-question stress. Um, we have a great um, resource on our website. It's a mental health um, resource, and I can and we'll, we'll get links to people. Okay. It's just two questions, and sometimes it's a nine-question survey as well. It really into, you know gets us in tune to are we in a serious mental health condition state. I'm going to venture to guess those serious conditions rarely happen right during harvest because we're so busy. Right. You know, so we are on a mission mm-hmm. and we are going to get our stuff done and we don't have time to be sick. We don't have time to be injured and we don't have time to be stressed at the level that we have to stop working. Gotcha. So in this case, reducing stress really is back to the physical things, sort of keeping hydrated, keeping good nutrition, trying to get good sleep, taking breaks, get out, walk around, visit with neighbors, mm-hmm. get on the phone and talk to people. Um, you know, we, we're, we're all kind of fate, not all of us, but a lot of us are Facebook, you know, maybe when we're trying to zone down you know maybe look at some stuff on facebook there's women in ag is a great Mm -hmm. one of course Mm -hmm. and people are kind of communicating back and forth about some stress happening so yeah the social the the ag social media is really grown it certainly has and it's it's i it's it's kind of a double-edged sword i i feel like yeah a lot of times it can be very helpful to have that sense of community but at the same time sometimes um there's a artificial it's it's not you're not really connecting right you're right. Not, it's and not it, the it can one be on a one. huge time suck too mm-hmm. well yeah so you know, try to figure, use some good judgment on all of that mm-hmm. but trying to find what works for one person might not work for the other but just be aware this time of year it's certainly happening and not just to you but people around you mm-hmm. so uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier um i have a couple of statistics here from the uh, uh centers for disease control about the leading sources of youth ag-related deaths and 23 percent are from machinery mm-hmm. and 19 percent are motor vehicles including atvs sure and of course when um when we're driving the big machinery on the on the roads and moving from farm to farm from place to place there's obviously an added risk how how do you recommend knowing being aware of our surroundings sure. and knowing, um, well, you know, roadway safety too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we're all sharing the roads right now, and and we have people who are a little impatient to get to work, and now all of a sudden these big equipments taking up our space, and we're mm-hmm. trying to get around them, and that left hand turn that the tractor and equipment does, and we try to pull around. And you know, I like it that you mentioned youth and machinery, and and you know, in these uh, in, in these programs that we do at colleges, we ask a question, a survey of. of students and it's astounding you know the ages at which young people start to drive tractors and Mm -hmm. drive tractors on roads and drive combines so we need to be aware that 
we are sharing roadways with young people mm-hmm. who do not have a driver's license, who are operating machinery. But also as adults, we're providing responsibility to young people at a really high level. Mm-hmm. So have we prepared with tractor safety training courses? Have we prepared with good, good knowledge and good experience? You know, are we just sending somebody off into, you know, to do something that they're unprepared to and they don't have the, the, the knowledge base or the skill set or the experience to know how mm-hmm. to react? And that can go for, you know, even women who are helping maybe once or twice a year so it's a big group of people and so you know earlier i said you know safe play areas but making sure that we our young people are doing age-appropriate tasks and i know that they are part of our workforce Mm -hmm. absolutely i've been there done that with myself my working with my dad and you know my kids helping as well so maybe taking a little bit of extra time just before we get going in harvest here to think through now what is what is Joe or Melissa or Cole or Yvonne, you know, really capable of doing? Mm-hmm. And, and let's try to try to, to be, pay attention to that. And also, as we move back and we back into that stress and being tired, are we looking around us? Are we, you know, because when, when people get hurt with machinery, they may not always be the one that was operating it. Right. They're in, in the workplace, which is also the play area, which is also home. And so it, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, the people are moving parts as well. So if obviously folks are going to be in a hurry. Yes. And and we're not going to we're not going to prevent people from from rushing through things, but at the same time just be aware, just know take take a minute know what's going on around you focus on on this task at hand because i do think that moving ahead an hour or 10 days or five days what i have to get done then kind of keeps us in that rush rush mode and Mm -hmm. and you know very fortunate to work around the country and in canada and and hear from a lot of people in in the in the world actually about ag health and safety and it's the same everywhere Mm -hmm. you know we have seen great videos and stuff from people in ireland and in australia and everywhere about the same problem and Mission zero is always something I really enjoy hearing. You know, what is our mission zero? Zero injuries, zero deaths, mm-hmm. zero, you know, you know, it's, it's zero illnesses too. So I think that for me to, to say I have a, a magic answer, I don't. Um, we all have, we kind of say the same things over and over again each harvest and hoping something sticks. Right. And, you know, when I talk to students like I, like I will this week, uh, I say pick one thing and try to do better that this year. You know, this year you're going to think about your hearing. Mm -hmm. This year you're going to think about your respiratory. And maybe if we're lucky, you'll think about two new things than what you did last year. (laughs) So hopefully from talking, you know, today about about this, people will just, maybe one thing will resonate with them. And and, and hopefully it'll be something that changes, you know, the outcome of the the season. Right. Great. Uh, Are there any other topics we haven't covered yet that you would want to make sure people are aware of to... uh, well, I think um, I think that um, there's there's so many topics mm-hmm. you know related to ag health and safety that we could we could probably go on for a long long time. And right. I think just to bring it back to that total farmer health that we talked at the beginning, that really it's our responsibility not only to ourselves to to be healthy, but you know the total farmer health and for for everybody working around mm-hmm. us. So if we can take bits and pieces of what our hazards may be health and safety wise, and make some very simple improvements, um, I think that we're we're going to go a long ways. Great. So how can people get more information? Sure. How can they get in contact with, with uh, the AgriSafe Network and get, 
with you or right you bet well um we have a, a great website it's mm-hmm. called agrisafe.org just www.agrisafe.org we do have a phone number 866-312-3002 okay. and there's also an email address info at agrisafe.org okay. so that that allows people to get a hold of us in a number of ways and uh, we look forward to hearing from people and and hopefully our resources will will um, spur them on to being healthier and safer Great. So um, hopefully you said we could go on and on about different health and safety topics. <laughs> and so uh, hopefully we can, uh, you can come back in a f- couple of months and we can talk about some, some different issues related to farm safety and farm health um, and get some more information from you. All right. Thanks, Jason. It's always a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Carolyn Sheridan for joining us and sharing her expertise. Make sure you visit the show's website at agriculture.com slash podcast. You can get some more information about some of the things we talked about, some links to some resources, a link to the AgriSafe Network, and, and some other, other stuff will be on the, on the show notes page at agriculture.com slash podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter by following me at Jason Meeker or Successful Farming at Successful Farm on Twitter. Just no ing at the end of that. The Twitter handle is just at Successful Farm. If you like the show, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use. You can email the show by sending us email to podcast at agriculture.com. And uh, give us some feedback. Comments on iTunes are appreciated. And um, let us know what you think about the show. Once again, thanks to Carolyn Sheridan. And thanks for listening to you. And we'll see you next time.